Hello, Ron. My guest today is Adio Rassi. He has sold two actually billion dollar companies before he was 30 years old. Um, he has one of the biggest, he has founded one of the biggest uh, startup accelerators in the world called the Founders Institute, um, founded over 3,000 companies. Um, and one of his best friends is Elon Musk. So this is a very interesting interview, touch basing on his journey, his story, uh, his few in the startup scene. And um, yeah, what he does as, as a CEO and as a best friend of Elon Musk. Adio, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. So you're joining in from Silicon Valley right now. Um, you sold two companies for over a billion dollars before the age of 30. How did that happen? How did it come about? Well, I, one was... Uh, under a billion and one was, but, but, you know, around a billion and one was uh, over a billion. So maybe they averaged out to about a billion each. Uh, and this would have been in the nineties. Uh, so uh, quite some time ago, back when a billion dollars was actually a lot of money today, it seems like a billion dollars is uh, table stakes in, in startup <laughs> land. Um, yeah. I mean, look, you know, it, it was probably, a large amount luck, um, you know, being at the right place at the right time, you know, not being afraid to do something that other people see as crazy. And, you know, I do a decent amount of angel investing on top of uh, all the things that we do at the Founder Institute. And so, you know, sometimes the, the craziest ideas are the best ideas because, you see something that no one else sees. So if you look at the, the first two companies that I started and did very well, you know, I started a internet company um, for content when there was really no functioning internet. Uh, so at that point, it would, that just seemed utterly crazy because your, your underlying platform didn't work and you were starting a content company and as far as I know, we were the first um, actual incorporated entity working on content, uh, particularly on the World Wide Web. But it was a, at that point, the World Wide Web also barely existed. Uh, so it was maybe a few days old when we started the company. Shit. Uh, so Tim Burnsley had done some Hold publishing. Then. Yeah, yeah. So the, se the second company... How old were you when you started the company? What was your age? 21, um, that, that one at least. And then the second one, um, you know, I doubled down on internet content, which at that time <laughs> was also pretty crazy, uh, and started a, a, essentially a consulting company, but our, we productized our offering to bring large media companies online. So we brought, you know, scripts and New York times and the BBC and uh, the economist and, and all these major um, global media brands. I, I don't think we, we didn't really work with the Tribune company. Ironically, the Tribune company uh, and AOL bought my first content business. So they were already online. And so we, uh, the, the second business I started was like getting all the other big media companies online with a productized uh, service offering. And we were able to 
take that company public. And, and that's how it got uh, worth over a billion dollars. So interesting. So then you sold the companies. Uh, what do you do now? What are you up to? What do I do now? I just, I, you know, hang out uh, on my sailboat. No, no. Drink coffee. <laughs> what what yeah, is that in no, front no. of you? Is it, is it Pokemon cards? No, what is that? No, I just, I just made a card game actually um, called Save the World. So what do I do now? Well, I try and inspire people to pursue their passion and make the world a better place. And actually one of, uh, so I, I run something called the Founder Institute, which operates acceleration programs in about 220 cities around the world. So we're um, the largest accelerator on most metrics. Uh, y Combinator has a bigger portfolio value than we do right now. Um, and so, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, not because I'm competitive or anything like that, but, you know, we're, we're much larger uh, so, and in our footprint and number of people that we help. So I, I'm, I'm hoping one day our portfolio will be larger as well. Um, and again, not out of some pride of ownership or ego driven thing, because I, what we do is we take people who have a dream and help them to pursue their dream in the world. And I believe that that's much more valuable economically than trying to churn out unicorns in Silicon Valley, right? You know, we're not trying to be a Silicon Valley unicorn factory that makes things that destroys the planet. We're trying to be a, a steward of, of humanity where we help people realize their dreams and we help people to look at their dreams in ways that are positive. Got it. Interesting. When did you start that? I started in 2009. Um, and then I do other things like on the weekend, I make, I made a card game to it's <laughs> save the world. And obviously the point of save the world is to inspire people to save the world. And, and you, it takes about a half hour to play and players come up with ideas on, on, Uh, solutions to disasters and they have to negotiate how to do it. And it turns out that um, we're really bad at uh, if, if crisis strikes, as is the case right now with the pandemic, we're not very good at, at figuring out how to deal with these challenges uh, case in point, the pandemic. And this game gives you sort of working knowledge on how to level up your skills to deal with crises and, and in a constructive and helpful way. And it's fun to play lots of laughter, stuff like that. Nice. So you're selling that now or just made it for yourself? Uh, I, launched a, I launched a Kickstarter yesterday. So, um, and we're halfway funded uh, in less than about 12 hours. So I'm hoping, who knows? Uh, we'll see. Nice. That's cool. Um, what, were, what were some of your top resources along the way? And especially when you started out the first company with 21 years old? Listen, the only resource that you ever have when you're starting a business, and, and this is true, whether you've started 10 businesses, one business or anything, is really your, your will and your passion. So if you have 
um, will and passion, uh, you can overcome any obstacles. And really what I saw when, when I saw the internet for the first time and my first business was really, I realized that the internet was never going to take off if there wasn't any content on it was an opportunity to level the playing field for humanity so that everyone can have a voice and everyone could participate in the future. Um, that, that vision, you know, is, is still being realized and it has some pros and cons because before that, uh, if you wanted to talk to someone, you had to have their telephone number. Uh, there was no way for you to publish anything that people could read. You could maybe print it out on some paper and, and tape it somewhere or leave it on the street. But you, could, you had no voice. Yeah. And the people that had the voice were these media companies, right? And they controlled the narrative. And so I, I felt that that was really not a healthy way for humanity to grow. So I was very passionate about changing that so that everyone had a voice and then we could build a world that we all wanted to see versus a world that was dictated to us through the media that we were consuming. Uh, and so if you, you know, whether you're 21 or 41 or 81, if you have passion and you have a desire to see a vision realized in the world, that is the only thing, the only resource that you need to succeed, period. Got it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. If you have that will, you will get over all the other points. Yeah, and I mean, I want to be very clear that I have, uh, you know, seen people like a very dear friend of mine, like one of my, my dearest friends just passed away, uh, Tony Say. And, you know, it's so sad. He, he died in a, a house fire. Um, and I've known Tony for a long time. Most of Tony's impact on the world, and I'm not saying he didn't do amazing things beforehand. He definitely did. But most of his impact was really in the last five-ish years when he was still doing Zappos, but it was sold to Amazon. And he started the downtown project. And as part of starting the downtown project, he started Life is Beautiful, the Airstream Park in Ferguson's. And I've heard of that, yeah. He, 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 went, he, he was focusing all his energy on Zappos. And in five years, because of his will, and then trying to, to beautify and make downtown Vegas a more beautiful place, he's created this massive legacy that's affected tens of thousands of people around the world, probably hundreds of thousands of people, and then through his book, Millions. But really, it was the last five years with the downtown project where his legacy was, was built. So, And that was a total, going back to resources and what you have, it was his, it wasn't really, yeah, he had a lot of money, but it was really will and passion that that made the downtown pro I mean tony would hound me to come and visit yeah, him yeah. Like, you gotta come you gotta come you gotta come all right tony i'll come and visit you <laughs> you know 
Yeah, no, God, that's that's a good point. What, what's your objective view on the startup world? What do you think are most founder or what what what's what things are founders missing? What do you think is are they lacking behind? If you have an objective view on them, well, you know, right now I'm trying to stay very focused on the meta and the the high level, the fifty thousand foot view, and for me, the startup world today is um, coming into alignment. So we have all the tools to do whatever we want in the world. You can build an app without writing a line of code with all these no code tools. Uh, you can scale your business very easily using tons of simple advertising and social media techniques. You can hire people anywhere in the world now virtually and even use uh, platforms like uh, Upwork and the like to find everyone from lower end workers all the way up to higher end workers, uh, 99 designs if you want designers, tons and tons of resources. So, so really if you have that will and you have that passion, you can do anything. The alignment for me is then having people work on things that matter. And I think what, what's happened for a long time is people have this view, oh, I need to do something that makes money. So they come up with these ideas that don't matter, right? They're like, I'm gonna optimize insurance rates or I'm going to do get help companies collect money faster or I'm going to have dentists you know uh, do appointments in less time and it's like okay these are useful optimizations in the world but they're not humanity has been on a largely destructive path uh, to the planet around us for hundreds of years now. Certainly a couple hundred years and probably more if you if you really want to dig dig deeper. And we've polluted and destroyed. And so we really need entrepreneurs to be thinking about how to fix all the problems that we ourselves have created in the world today. Now I'm not saying that every entrepreneur needs to have a vision of regeneration and but but yeah you know, it's a it's a 90 10 right now where 90 percent of the entrepreneurs are working on optimizations and 10 percent of the entrepreneurs are working on kind of problems that matter and we probably need to flip that right to be in a to to, to ensure that we can have a world where our children can thrive right mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good, really good point. And if you look at it, probably at what, what, what startups are doing, then it's exactly what you just said. Well, we, um, so we at the Founder Institute right now, our short to medium term goal is to <clears throat> release 80% of our businesses uh, will will be uh, officially defined as an impact company. And uh, just yesterday, 
we uh, announced, or it was a, yeah, I think it was yesterday or day before, we announced what our, our clear definition of an impact company is, and you can look at it at fi.co slash progress. And we'll put that in, these, the, in the description. Yeah, we're calling these companies for progress, and you know, they're for-profit companies, there's non-profit companies, and we want to create a class of for progress companies. These companies make money, so they're for profit, but they're also doing something to make the world better. There's something called the Benefit Corporation out there, and unfortunately, you know, it's it's it costs like $1,600 a year to be a Benefit Corporation, and you have to donate your profits and stuff like that. What we're saying is that that seems strange to me, right? Why would you pay some company to be called something and donate profits? What we think is you should just work on something that matters, right? And yeah. if you make a lot of money working on something that matters, great. That's good. <laughs> you know what? That's not a bad thing. Like money's not yeah. inherently evil, right? Money, you know, yes, if you take money and buy a weapon system that may not be the best thing but you can take that same money and um launch a, a food kitchen that provides extremely low cost meal to uh low income and homeless people and if that business turned a profit that wouldn't be a bad thing right because right. great homeless, mission low income people would get fed and in an affordable way, right? You know, and an idea there is that, do you realize that Whole Foods throws away an enormous amount of high quality food? Like all, all food chains basically, or stores also here in Germany, it's normal. Yeah, right? yeah, but, but why I brought up Whole Foods in particular, because they have like such high standards for food quality, mm that they're probably throwing it away maybe a day or two earlier than most other change would even consider to do it. And so this, this food is useful for 48 hours or so, you know, before it might be a little bit yeah. risky. So they're, they're, they're right there, like, okay, listen, dear Whole Foods, we'll take this, prepare the meals. And if you, again, if you make a profit, great. Nothing wrong with making money and helping the world. In fact, that's a big issue. A lot of people think it's bad to make money and help the world. Like, is, is this yeah. like, is there some Bible somewhere that says that? Is this like written in some proverb? Yeah. I know, you know, it's like, it's like a perception thing that is like totally out of alignment with reality. It's just a made up fiction. True. Yeah. No, I, I agree on that. We only have two minutes left. So let's wrap up here with a fantastic four. Question number one, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? You know, I, I, a lot of my friends are CEOs. You know, one of my best friends is, is Elon Musk. And so, you know, I always find um, the sort of way Elon thinks about business problems, particularly. He was just in Berlin. Probably because he's building the factory there. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, I probably brought Elon to Berlin uh, for the first time because it's one of my favorite cities in the world. And I and he came for my birthday, uh, uh, my 40th birthday, which would have been about seven years ago. And we had a, a lovely, lovely time. We toured, nice. toured the and all this stuff. But yeah, I mean, look, I, so he, he has a very interesting mindset. I think Tony Zay is, is a visionary leader as well with Holacracy. So I think those two are... Are fascinating. You know, I, I myself like the structured approach to problems and business opportunities. So I think there's a lot of great leaders out there, great thinking, but the, the sort of the structured approach method, Elon's method, which is um, very Socratic and, and first principles, and then Tony's method of uh, holacracy and empowering um, people within. I think all, all of them are very interesting. Got it. Okay, next question. What's your, uh, do you have any routines that you strictly follow on a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm very judicious with my meetings, though. So, you know, I, I tend to keep my meeting lengths to about 15 minutes. And I'm time management for me, because the only asset that you have is time uh, at the end of the day. And so I'm very judicious with my time. And if, if I had a routine, it would be you know, being very, very judicious with my time. And when I see things like meetings lasting longer than 15 minutes or whatever, and I, of course I make exceptions here and there, but I'm like, if I can have a, a 15 minute instead of a 30 minute meeting, it will always be 15 minutes. So Got it. if I have a 10 minute instead of 15 minutes, it will always be 10 minutes. Got it. What's your favorite social media platform for business and what do you specifically use it for? My favorite, uh, which platform for business? Social media platform. I like LinkedIn actually quite a bit. Um, I think it's an excellent platform. I mean, I, I find the stuff on there not sensational, often interesting. And yeah, I, I love LinkedIn as, as a business platform for sure. Got it. Last question. What do you wish you knew when you were 20 years old? You know, I, I look at that question a little bit differently. I wish I had uh, a lot of the, the kind of unbridled optimism of my 20-year-old self today. Because, you know, when I was 20, I had very little knowledge and a very high amount of energy and enthusiasm Today, I have a lot of knowledge and, and I also have a lot of energy and enthusiasm, but it, that knowledge has made me a, a little more cautious. Uh, and so, there, there, you know, I, I don't think it's as simple as like, oh, I'm just going to teleport some knowledge back. You know, yeah. use your, your passion and your determination to take big risks. If you're in your 20s, You know, there's no problem that isn't big enough for you. You can tackle anything. And part of it's like you don't realize what you don't realize. And then you can talk with someone like me and I'll give you a dose of reality, but you should still work hard to make it happen anyway. So, 100%. all right. With that said, I'm a minute late to my other thing. So I'm going to Thanks jump. for being on the show. Have Thank a good one. Thank you very much.
Bye. Bye.